Welcome to Fireside with Voxgig, a podcast for professional public speakers. I'm your host, Richard Roger, the founder of Voxgig.com, which is an online community and service for speakers and event professionals. In each episode, we sit down for an intimate fireside chat with people in the public speaking community to learn how they have mastered the art of getting up on stage and speaking in front of an audience. If you're an aspiring speaker or just want to improve your onstage performance, this podcast will help you learn from some of the most accomplished and interesting professional conference speakers. In this episode, I speak to Carl Hyden, who specializes in coaching introverted professionals. It turns out that introverts make excellent public speakers, something I always suspected. Carl is a Texan from the west of Ireland. He has a master's degree in music and started out in his career as a professional musician, which makes him a true performance artist. He's now a business coach and helps business leaders of all sizes take themselves and their businesses to the next level. As a self-described introvert, he knows a thing or two about how to overcome the mental challenges that come with public speaking. To learn more about what Carl does, you can visit his website at carlhyden.com. But for now, it's time to sit down and enjoy a wide-ranging and quite inspiring fireside chat with Carl. Hi, Carl. How are you doing today? Fabulous. It's sunshine in Cork, so I'm, I'm great. Wonderful stuff. Uh, <laughs> thanks very much for joining us on the, on the podcast today. Um, my pleasure. My pleasure. Just for the, the benefit of our, our listeners, um, perhaps you could uh, kind of start with your life story because um, you, uh, you've sort of moved around a little bit. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's, oh, people are always intrigued by how I got here and, uh, and all of that. But basically, as you can tell, I'm... Um, I'm originally from the west of Ireland. Uh, the little joke that I tell is that it's about 5,000 miles west of Ireland that I'm from. And it's a little place called Texas, uh, where, I, where I was born and raised. And grew up there, uh, grew up in a um, very multicultural part of Texas, which is a little, bit, uh, uh, a little bit of an oxymoron, I think, sometimes if you think of Texas. But I grew up near Mexico. So you had all those wonderful influences in that. So I grew up around all of that. And I uh, grew up in a family business. Uh, my parents had a business uh, for a while and grew up working in that. And um, my, first, my first life was as a musician, as a classical guitarist and jazz guitarist. I started out in a rock band in secondary school and then you know, progressed and studied it and studied performance and all that and have a master's degree in performance and all that sort of stuff. Lived in the States for a while, tried to... Um, Make a make a living there. Uh, met an Irish woman, uh, Kerry woman, uh, in the eighties. Uh, we fell in love at first sight. Romeo and Juliet music played in the background as we. Uh, did as you did you play that music? I didn't know, <laughs> but but as there's a concert that uh, that I was playing at that my uh, that my wife um, uh, that we met afterwards and all that. Well, that's so, a bit of a, that is a bit of a cliche, Carl. It is, it is. Well done, what can I say? <laughs> what can I say? So, so there, there we were. And uh, we, we met in April. And by that July, I had, uh, she had made such an impression on me that I had, I was one of the few Americans that had a passport. I was in Ireland by July uh, and touring Ireland and seeing Ireland. I'd never been out of the country, never seen mountains, never seen uh, anything like that at all. So, uh, and life hasn't, uh, hasn't slowed down since we had our, started our family over there. We lived in Memphis, Tennessee for a while. 
lived in Wisconsin for a little while. And then uh, in 95, we decided that um, we're gonna settle in the States. And so we bought a house. And within one year, we were in Ireland living permanently. And that's where we've been ever since. And uh, it was just, you know, Ireland called. And uh, at that time, things were picking up, the economy, all that sort of thing. We said, if we don't do it now, before the kids really get enmeshed in school, then <clears throat> we'll be doing it when we retire. And um, we really wanted that sort of quality of life for them. So that was our motivation. Yeah, it sounds, like, back you, since. Um, sounds like you fell in love twice. Yeah. Very much so. There's, as I, you know, on a sunny day, there's no other country in the world. I've been in lots of countries now. There's no other country like Ireland. There's no other place like the people, the landscape, all of that. It's just an incredible place uh, to be. And we've been so fortunate that these 20 odd years that we've been here, uh, okay, there was a crash and all that sort of stuff. But even in the midst of that, it's just been a fantastic experience being here, more so than you know, I think that if we'd stayed in Texas or Tennessee or someplace like that. But well, anyway, it was right for us. I think we're lucky to have you. Um, I'm going to ask you a question about the music business. Uh, sure. It often occurs to me, I like to, I like to read uh, biographies and autobiographies of, of musicians. Uh, mm. And you often pick up um, the notion that they really have to be business people, that it's... Nowadays, yeah. Um, it's actually Nowadays. A, big part of, a big part of the game. Well, and the ones that didn't make it, like, you know, certainly in the, you know, in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever, the ones that didn't are the ones that you don't know about anymore, or the ones that are still trying to make it. Uh, but the ones that did make it were very clever and turned it into the business aspect. You, know, you see, you know, guys like uh, uh, Pup Daddy or whatever his, uh, his, his, his name is, and, you know, but, you know, incredible businessman you know, uh, been able to do all sorts of things. And my, my youngest son has um, gone into music and he's gone back to college and studied music and all that, but he's very much rooted in the business side of things, you know, how to, how to market, how to promote, how to, how, you know, he started his own record label, all that sort of stuff. Wow. And, and he's only in his early twenties. So it's, you know, this mindset is, is one that I certainly didn't have, you know, you kind of did it for the, for the glory and honor and pleasure of, of playing wherever and whoever would listen. But nowadays, and I think it's right because you see a lot of young musicians that get in, make their money and then get out. And then, you know, they don't have, you know, uh, to, to contend with this, the, you know, the crazy life that, um, that it can be as a, as a musician. I think there's, I think there's certain parallels to that life, uh, as a musician, it's probably much more intense and the life of somebody mm. who has to speak professionally as part of their job. Uh, something that I have to do um, and, ha and have mm. had to do in previous jobs. You have a you have a, a professional qualification in performance. Um, tell me about. Yeah, that. well, I mean, it's it's. I mean, performing is as a skill set. You know, um, music is a skill set. These these sorts of things, and I think performing um, is is such a powerful skill set to have, whether it's public speaking or whether it's you know, uh, you know, getting up in front of a group or training or whatever it is, um, it's there's an element there of, of performance, isn't there? Of, I think it's know, meeting an expectation or whatever. You know, I think yeah, I think it's it's important as as someone you know, if you're going to be doing public speaking, even if it's in a, in a more commercial context at a conference and that mm. sort of thing, to 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 really adopt the mental attitude that it is a performance, and that's part part of your yeah. role is is to entertain. Yeah. 
Very much so. Very much so. And I think I think we see that more and more now with uh, you know as technologies come on stream. You know, we've people are able to do that in in bigger ways. You know, uh, and that. But no, definitely it is. You know, I think public speaking performance. You know, whether you know as a musician that I was doing it, or if somebody's doing it as an actor or whatever, uh, in that realm. You know, it's it's a fantastically beneficial way to to towards self development. I, I have to personal development. I, I have to ask you for a few tips and tricks. I, I read yeah. recently that um, even world famous musicians uh, get mm. stage fright. So uh, Freddie Mercury, for example, is famous for getting stage fright. Yeah. Uh, even yeah. after many, many years. So, yeah. Do you get stage fright? How, how do you deal with things like that? Well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's the, the, the feeling, the sensation of stage fright is very close to the feeling um, of anticipation or excitement. You know, there's, you know, basically your nervous system is getting revved up for something. Um, and if we, if we, depending on our early life experiences, we can interpret that as, as a threat to us and therefore we're going to fight, flight or freeze, or we can learn to, we may have learned to manage it and, and modulate it to where it's an excitement thing and, and we get pumped up about it. So I think there's, there's, an, there's a, a mental thing about it and that's part of the reason that I'm a, a geek for all things mental toughness oh, yeah. is that yeah. it, is, it is about changing those gears, whether you're doing it in terms of perspective or whether you're doing it through physiological shifts that you're doing in your breathing and your you know, movement or whatever it is, to shift it from it being a threat into being an anticipation, an excitement or whatever, and using it to fuel your, you know, those first three minutes of, you know, that you're out of the gate, you know, and that's, that's really, you know, because once, once you get, you know, and they say for public speaking, you know, and I have, you know, uh, a limited type of experience in that, but once you get per fast past the first, you know, few minutes, the first five minutes, whatever, if you learn that material off, the rest is it's much easier to flow. Yes, because you've gotten past that initial fight, flight, or freeze response. I think that's. I think I've, I found that as well. Certainly, uh, but what I often mm. say to people is, memorize the first <clears throat> sentence, uh, yeah. and if, if you if you just memorize that uh, and you just get it out of your mouth. Mm. Um, then you, once you've got started, it's it's easier to get keep going. Yeah, I, I think it's that, and certainly when I'm I'm working with clients on you know public speaking or that sort of thing, you know I get them to do, and I find that the ones that come to me because I'm a, an extreme introvert, um, you know I seem to attract people that are introverts, and there's a particular mechanism that's going on in the introvert head that once they understand what's going on, they can relax into that and just you know. Uh, you know, uh, let it let it happen a little bit easier. But you know, as an introvert, we're very much attuned to threat, to risk, to you know, to overthinking, and we're getting into these negative feedback loops. So once you can learn to manage that, you can ease that. So one way to overcome that is to, in little ways, before the big performance, before the big thing when you're out there and you're afraid your pants are going to fall down or whatever like that in front of you know yeah. uh, you know dozens or hundreds of people, you know that you that you do little risks so that you, you know, so that you are maybe engaging in conversation with strangers more often than you would, you know, that you're striking up a conversation, you know, at the pub or at the restaurant or the whatever, or standing in the queue next to somebody, you, you take these little risks, which over time raises your bar uh, to be able to tolerate that when you get out into doing something bigger. That's a really interesting 
I've never heard all the of that time. one before. It's it's yeah. yeah. Don't don't you start trying to do public speaking straight away, or even the day before turn up. No, no, no gosh, no. God, I mean, and, and unfortunately, people come to me whether it's interview prep or whether it's you know performance skills or anything like that. And it, you know, unfortunately, most people come with too little time to to really get it right. So we have to do some extreme things. But you know, certainly, what I tell people is is you know you know, be practicing these things all the time. And some of it, particularly for introverts, we're, we're risk averse um, a lot of the time. So we're, we're, we're foreboding, you know, that there's going to be some negative consequence to us striking up that conversation. Are we, are we too, imagin too imaginative? Is that, is, is that well, that's, that's it. And that's, and that's, that's how the, the brain, you know, if, if we don't have control of it by developing mental toughness and emotional flexibility and, all that sort of stuff. If we don't have those skills built in yet, then yeah, we can go down the old pathway of it being, oh, this is a threat. Therefore, I go into fight, flight, or freeze. I shut down. I run away. I hide. I do whatever I, I do. So we have to stretch that. We have to stretch the muscle of impulse control and emotional regulation, which are foundational to mental toughness, to be able to strengthen those to where we get into, you know, we're constantly stretching out of that comfort zone and risking being criticized, risking getting it wrong. I think this, you know, and I, st I still do that and I get it wrong and I, f I flub up when I, when I try to make that casual conversation, I get tongue tied, but I keep doing it. Yeah, I think this kind of fits into the work that you do now. So, so somehow uh, you moved from being a professional musician to a business coach and then yeah. you developed all these ideas, which I, I think are a little bit inspired by some of your uh, experiences around performance. Uh, can you take me through that story, that journey. Well, we we yeah, I'd like to say we got off the boat in Ireland, but you know we got off the plane in Ireland, and the skill set that I had, you know, the course that I was on uh, heading for of becoming a professor at a university teaching you know music or or, or a performer touring around the place and all that, that wasn't here. You know, there was in 1995. There was no such thing. The college positions that were there were, were taken up yeah. already by relatively young people that were going to be there for the rest of their life. Yeah. In fact, you know, the um, John Feely, who was the resident, you know, uh, guitarist in, in Ireland, you know, only recently retired. Uh, I sold him one of my one of my guitars that I had. Uh, had. So uh, so you know, we 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 laugh about it and all that. But you know, I was never going to get that job. Um, so I had to retool. I had to figure out how can I take what I have. And what's the need that's out there, and how can I, you know, uh, you know, link the two? So I, I stripped away all the music stuff, and I was left with <clears throat> teaching, training, educating, you know, essentially coaching skills. Even though coaching was still in its infancy at the time, um, you know, people had always, since I was a child, and certainly throughout college, had come to me for advice. You know, I had this whatever it was. Uh, where people were drawn to me uh, to ask me for advice. So I said, okay, how do I use this stuff? So I got into that, and I got into an organization that was a state-funded organization, and part of the role of that was to help people get back into the workforce, was to help them through education and training or, or that. Um, and so I developed my mentoring and coaching skills. And another one avenue was around you know, starting up a business, becoming self-employed. So I got into it that way, and then it just it mushroomed, and I've, you know, I've been able to, I've had the blessing of being able to deal with, you know, you know, more than a thousand people and startup or small businesses 
at all stages of their life cycle, whether they're family businesses or whatever. So, you know, I was able to take that and just keep building on it. And then I went back to school and got a HR degree and all that. So I, you know, I really was, was rooted in that uh, aspect and kept, you know, my, my, um, my coaching chops up, kept, you know, continuously learning and developing. And, and, and I think the key for me was that self awareness, that self development that I was doing all the time. I just love this, the way that you've kind of synthesized all of these really different skill sets. Um, mm. I, it, it feels like it makes you a, a, a very effective coach. And, and in particular, um, you, you focus on helping introverts. Uh, yeah. Can you tell me more about yeah. that? Yeah, I mean, I, I realized uh, a few years ago that a commonality that um, a lot of people had that were coming to me for a, a variety of uh, coaching reasons or mentoring of that was that they were introverted and they weren't fitting the mold or they, they, were, they weren't interfacing with their work, their, their, their business, their relationships, whatever it was, very well. And there was, you know, a, a, a mismatch there, a misalignment there, and they weren't sure what that was about. And I've always been, you know, I'm an only child as well as an introvert. So, you know, a lot of time on my own, a lot of time to think, you're, you, you know, a lot of time on my own say, head. Wait, you know? wait a sec, Carl. Wait a sec, Carl. You, you claim to be an introvert, and yet you chose a career initially that puts you up on a stage in front of, in front of hundreds of people. Yeah, and, 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 and love it. But so did Elvis. Really? Uh, you know, so did, uh, yeah, yeah, Elvis was an introvert. Tom Hanks is an introvert. Harrison Ford's an introvert. Clint Eastwood, one of the most badass actors yeah. in his day, is an introvert. So, yeah. So the, so this this is where we get into the the misinterpretation yeah. of what it means to be introvert. We think that extra because extrovert qualities uh, in leadership are seen to be, you know, the um, I suppose the template of what it's you know what you're supposed to be. You know, this big outgoing whatever. But introverts can do that as well, and sometimes even better. But we have to recharge afterwards. Okay, and that's the key difference is if we're not recharging, then we become... Um, what do you mean by recharge? Well, you know, the, for every ex expenditure of energy that you have, you know, of whatever it is, you know, there needs to be an opposite counter recharge. Just, you know, you use your phone, you use it for the day, you run out of battery, or you recharge it, Okay. So it's the same sort of principle that you have to do whatever for you that is. Now, for extroverts, that recharge is to go out, to be amongst other people, okay. to do exciting things, to get involved in, you know, uh, physical activity or, or, you know, um, or, or that sort of thing. For introverts, um, it might be to go out, but it's to go out and be in solitude or quiet or peace or in beauty or, or amongst a small group of like-minded friends and um, that sort of a thing. Or it can be to be on your own and to, you know, de-stimulate yourself. And is, that, and is that an important part then of being a performer, uh, is yes. understanding whether you are an introvert or an extrovert and how you're going to handle uh, the stress of performance? And the yeah, it, it, and, it, and it's how do, how do I prep for that so that I don't, because introverts are, we're notorious at overthinking. Um, so we can really wear ourselves out if we, if we're anxious introverts, you know, there's actually four different types of introverts, you know, there's social introverts, there's thinking introverts, there's anxious introverts, 
and there's restrained introverts. And unfortunately, I'm high on all of those. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know how that's possible. But... Are there formal tests for those? I mean, I, I know I'm an introvert, but I'd like to know which kind. Yeah, there's, there's a STAR test. If you look it up on the internet, the STAR test, S-T-A-R, which is star the acronym for all of those. Uh, it's, it's one that's, it's the only, it's the only one that's really has some scientific validation to it. You have other, you have other personality tests. I won't mention them because I'll kick up all sorts of hate mail and all that if I mention them by name, but you know, the claim to talk about introverts and extroverts, and they're not scientifically validated. So, so yeah. there's, there's a whole, basically, we kind of don't know. And I, I, my own belief about introversion is it's situational, that I have a tendency in certain situations to be more introverted. Now, I, I, I tend to be more, um, more introverted than extroverted, but I can be extroverted in certain situations, and I can be extroverted in certain you know, short bursts of time. So if it's getting up on stage, or training for a day or something like that where I'm in front of a group, I can do that. But I have to then, I can't go out that night and, you know, be with, uh, you know, 20 people and, you know, in a restaurant. And, you know, I just, I have to have alone time. Yeah, I, I, would, I would identify with that. Uh, uh, one other perspective I'd offer, I'd be considering your thoughts on this, mm. seems to, uh, there seems to be a sensory uh, aspect to this. So yeah. one of my speculations Pure speculation is that extroverts uh, have an easier time uh, with their sensory input. Uh, it's easier for them mm -hmm. to parse what people are saying. It's easier to, easier for them to have multiple conversations at the same time. In fact, it seems like their, their brains actually work at a faster rate. It's, they work differently. They process differently, and this has been proven as well. Um, basically, the, the, you're right. There's, there's two aspects to that, and, it, it, and they both involve the nervous system. Okay, and so the type of stimulation that, that introverts prefer is different than that that extroverts prefer. Okay, or, or when, or, and as I prefer to kind of say, when I'm in an, ex, in, in an introvert mode, I prefer different stimulation than I do when I'm in extrovert mode. Because we, the reality is we flow between them, you know, but not knowing that we can flow between them, that it's not quite a continuum, but it's, you know, different things that, I might identify as introvert, therefore I will stay and become um, more introverted because I don't know that actually it's okay for me to be a bit extroverted at times, or okay. I don't know yeah. how to recharge when I am, so therefore I avoid it. So, but knowing that I can recharge means it's safer for me to be to receive that stimulation into my nervous system and to be because I can compensate for them for that by destimulating. Do you bring this into your, your business coaching then? Uh, yes. And when you apply it, I mean, how does it work differently between somebody who's running a freelance business versus somebody who's in a high intensity startup versus somebody who is uh, stepping up to take over a family business? You know, mm. What's common and what's different in, in those cases? Well, what's common is that we all operate on the same physiology. Uh, and we all, you know, so I, I'm constantly looking for root causes. I'm looking for underlying patterns and systems and all that and working from that. Because I think that the mistake that we sometimes make is that we overpersonalize some of our experiences. So we think, oh, well, it's just me that that's happening to, or I do it this way, therefore I always do it that way, therefore I must always do it that way. And that's just not true. We can be completely flexible if we understand, and that's this psychological flexibility is something that I teach clients. 
the, the, the key components of mental toughness and how to develop that, how to bounce back, how to you know, increase your, your emotional intelligence and all that sort of thing is what I teach people. Because without that, you're kind of operating blindly on old information, on old, and, and it may have worked well, may have served you well, but if it's not, then we need to do something differently. So if we can under, understand the underlying mechanisms of how people operate, you know, the fact that we all have the same underlying human needs that we're trying to satisfy, either in a business or, you know, satisfy for customers or for ourselves. Once we understand that, things become a lot simpler. You've mentioned this uh, idea of mental toughness uh, a few times. You have some, some specific thinking around that? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's highly researched in, in universities and, and all that. And the, I suppose the school of thought that I follow is, is the one put forward by um, Peter Clough and Doug Stokarczyk of AQR um, International. And there's, there's a whole metric on this that I administer to people. We can measure mental toughness. Okay. You know, it's, it's based in, you know, your ability to, to you know, how you, how, you, um, how you deal with commitment you know, sticking with, with, a, with, with, a, with the thing, the task, the whatever, how you deal with challenge, do you see it as an opportunity or as a threat or all that, you know, how you, how you deal with, you know, um, um, you know your confidence as, a, as an outcome of all that, you know, it's, it's, it's all, all this can be measured and can be developed. So it's, it's, you know, that's why I use it because you can teach it very easily. I teach a course in IBEC uh, in Dublin on this, you know, because it's... Most it's, people would uh, say that this type of thing is an innate personality characteristic. It, it is. It is. And it, the, the importance is, is, uh, of it is that it can be developed. Okay. You know, that it is, that there are exercises, there are physiological and, and mental exercises that we can do that I teach on the, on the workshops that increase your mental toughness. And at the end of the day, it's about, like I said earlier, increasing your impulse control and your emotional regulation and your self-awareness and by doing those things. It sounds like yeah. this is highly um, applicable to the, the art of public speaking and to performance. Hugely. Yeah. Hugely so, because if you understand what your triggers are, you can, over, you, can, you can work around them, you can work with them, you can overcome them, whatever it is. But if you have no sense of where you are, then you, then you interpret that stimulation or that data as, as a danger or risk, and then you go into fight, fight or freeze. And you can't think and you can't perform. Yeah, because your, your mind shuts down. And our minds anyway as introverts, not saying your entire audience is an introvert, but certainly as an introvert, we process differently. We process slower. It goes through more brain regions to come up with an output. And that to a non-introvert seems like we're overthinking. We're not necessarily, but we can get stuck in negative feedback loops in that thought process. Yeah. <laughs> mind blown yeah absolutely i mean this is the, i think this is the problem that a lot of people have with public speaking is is i mean i ended up doing it because uh, my boss told me to many years ago, yeah uh, and i just sort of had to get on with it and figure it out um yeah. and it's incredibly frightening um and this i mean these days yes there's tons of there's tons more stuff on youtube and out there but you, you really don't know it's hard to know where to start well, yeah, because a lot of it is tips that scratch the surface yeah. and aren't addressing the underlying root causes and issues. And that's why I always go for addressing those root causes. Because if you think of it this way, say, say you're, on, you're, you're there in Waterford and you go up to one of the little, the little uh, telescopes. You know, I don't know if they have them anywhere along, uh, around the, 
around the seaside there. But you know, the, this idea, or you can go up on the Eiffel Tower or wherever, and you go up to one of the binoculars or telescopes and you point it some way, some direction, yeah. and you see you locate a little ship out there on the horizon. Um, and then you move the binoculars or the telescope half, maybe a quarter of an inch, whatever that is in, in, in new money. Okay. And you, you, know, you turn that slightly, and you've only turned it slightly from where you are. But on the horizon, it's gone several miles. Okay. Okay. So by, and it's the same sort of principle. If I address the underlying uh, and, under, and understand what the underlying mechanisms are, by making a slight adjustment in me, I make a huge savings in terms of time and energy on the surface. Yeah. So stop trying to brute force your way through exactly. performances. You don't have to do that. Yeah. You know, take some time to think a little bit about what's what's holding you back or what you, what you need, what, what skills you need. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Understand your personality. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's, there's kind of, a, there's kind of a, a myth around this that some people are just good at public speaking and, and the rest of us sort of have to make do as best we can. But I think it should be treated as a, as a skill like any other skill that you can learn. It is. Um, yeah. And, and it is true that some people, because of, because of how they see things or their earlier experiences, you know, maybe don't have the same sort of, you know, challenges or hangups about it coming into it as maybe other people might. But, you know, if, if one person can do it, we can all learn to do it. Absolutely. You have seen uh, many, many businesses, uh, good and bad and going through crises and good times and all that sort of mm. thing. Um, mm. I'd like to just dig into some of that experience a little bit, specifically around, um, you know, a lot of people these days understand the importance of uh, promoting their business and generating uh, content, for want of a better word. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the ways, uh, ways that, that work are around uh, public speaking uh, and things like mm. that. But from a, from a business perspective, how... How would you weave in uh, events and public speaking uh, and that sort of thing into into helping a business? And uh, when should you do it? Um, how sh how should you incorporate that into your, your kind of marketing plan? Yeah, there's. Um, I'm just looking it up here now. The title of it, but there's um, there's, there's there's a topic in marketing called authority marketing. Authority and it. it yeah, because it's it's about it's about this whole area that you're speaking of. Uh, it's called the book the book that I, that was recommended to me that I, I found useful. I haven't even finished it all yet. It's called Authority Marketing. It's by uh, Adam Witty, W I T T Y, and Rusty Shelton. Um, and basically, it's it's this the, the, this idea that's been evolving for a while that you know it's about you know the authority that you know if you have a, a a market dominating position in terms of personality or your or your or your uh, business or your you know your product or whatever like that that's that is huge you know that that all of, all of the goodwill all of the positive you know um, uh, you know kudos that you can possibly have come with that so that's why you see so many organizations companies and individuals trying to get into this area of authority marketing <clears throat> so that's you know it's not just based on what I can do, but it's who I am, and and you know it's all wrapped up in that. So if you're looking at you know a small business, you're you're looking at trying to position yourself uh, in a particular way, you know, in terms of your competition 
or you know presenting your, yourself to investors or funders and some of it is I suppose looking at you know your background you know what are you bringing but also what's what's your vision and, and all these sort of things and that can all add to this the sense of authority that you have um, if you mix with that I think that the whole you know introvert thing I think introverts can be just as powerful in that in that realm um, because introverts are often seen as being very um, uh, authentic very genuine albeit sometimes um, reserved and, and shy so it's about you know uh, dealing with those 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 aspects of the introverted personality to be able to present yourself as you know uh, authoritative and um, and um, credible I, I think you know yeah it's it, 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 I mean some people would say okay my my goodness, that's just uh, that's yet another thing I have to do. I have to worry about my ads and now I have to be an authority, um, you know. And I, and then where, when when do I get to have to run my my own actual business? Um, yeah, uh, the multiple hats. Yeah. Well, this comes back to the, the mental toughness thing, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it, 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 no doubt until until somebody has scaled their business um, to the point where they have people to do various things. It is extremely challenging, and and when I'm when I'm working with the business, it's I'm trying to get a sense from them: Are they going? Or do they want to scale this, or do they want it to be something that's just they themselves and them? Um, and if so, that's fine as well. But then we're, we're going to have to create some sort of a market dominating position for them in either the offer that they're going to have, or in you know. So so part of it's around strategic marketing. You know, it's about positioning yourself and on all those sorts of things. And and they might have the skill set. The the trouble comes when they can't bring in the skill set because they don't have resources or or that. But there's there's different ways to to maybe look at doing that. You know, is there is there a profit share that they can do with with particular skill sets and bring them in? Are there advisors or um, investors that have that skill set? You know, you see all the time on programs which are making me cringe but programs like Dra dragons yeah. and all that where you're you're buying you know the you're selling your business for what the the, the dragon can give you uh which is exposure network and these sorts of things and speaking speaking of, of exposure you you'll have to tell us um especially for people who are who are interested in, in what you do where, where 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 can we find you well um goodness uh, a, a number of different places if you're interested in the introvert side of me yes um there's carl hyden h-y-d-e-n dot com um and on there i've got you know uh stuff there you know which is all all about introverts and, and all that there's a facebook page that goes with that which is carl hyden mental toughness coach so you can come come on facebook and read through all my past posts and all my future posts and all that sort of stuff so that's that's the introvert side of the house the the general stuff from um you know, the general overview of what I do with family businesses and, you know, um, interpersonal communications and all that sort of stuff is cadenza, K-A-D-E-N-Z-A dot I-E, cadenza, which is kind of the, um, the, the overall everything that I do. Um, and I'm just launching in the next couple of weeks my business coaching website, which would be cadenza, K-A-D-E-N-Z-A, businesscoaching.com. And that's where I where I, you know, I've, I've developed specialist skills over, over the last number of years where I can go into any, you know, going concern and find them 
tens of thousands in revenue that they didn't know that they had without them spending that's a, money. That's a lovely pitch. Carl, <laughs> 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 now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, so you know, so that's 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 a, a fantastic thing. So that's that's something that we're just getting off the, the ground. Wonderful. Next. We'll go live with that in a couple of weeks. So, you know, if you're interested in, you know, improving your 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 strategic marketing and all that, that's the that's the area to kind of be looking at for that. Carl, uh, thank you so much. I feel I already feel better about myself as an introvert. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna do that uh, star test thing <laughs> right up, dude. Right up, dude. Talk. Uh, thank you so much for your time and, and for joining us today. Uh, My absolute pleasure. All really the best. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye now. Thank you so much for listening. Just a few things before the embers fade and we wrap up another episode of Fireside with Foxgate. You can find notes and links from this podcast at boxgig.com slash podcasts. We also publish a weekly newsletter, Public Speaking, selecting the best advice and techniques from some of the world's greatest speakers, both ancient and modern. Rhetoric is an old and revered art, not especially easy to master, but a skill like any other. One you can also learn. Visit boxgig.com slash newsletter to subscribe. If you've enjoyed this fireside chat, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Please also leave a review that helps us make this podcast even better. If you'd like to contact me directly, please email richard at boxgig.com. If you'd like to be counted as a supporter, just let me know and I'll add you to our supporters page. Till next time, remember, take a deep breath, pause, and step forward.